Welcome to the Fastest Five Minutes presented by Kroll and Mooring. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Monica Sterling, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. Monica, over to you first to start with a Court of Federal Claims protest. Thanks, Peter. On June 25th, the Court of Federal Claims sustained a pre-award bid protest challenging the State Department's decision to cancel a solicitation for security services to the U.S. Embassy in Senegal, where the agency had improperly disclosed protesters' proposal data in violation of the Procurement Integrity Act, or PIA. Here are the background facts. In 2019, the State Department issued a solicitation and established a competitive range with protester and awardee. During competitive range discussions, the contracting officer disclosed protesters' cost data proposal information to the eventual awardee. State later acknowledged to the protester that the disclosure was a PIA violation and decided to cancel the solicitation. Protester challenged this decision, arguing that the agency should not have canceled the solicitation, but instead should have disqualified the awardee. First, the court addressed the PIA issue, finding that there was a violation because the information was competitively useful, as it was linked to specific aspects of contract performance and contract costs, and therefore its disclosure violated the fundamental competitive fairness provisions in the FAR. Second, given the PIA violation, the court found that disqualification of the prior awardee was the only appropriate remedy to address the disclosure, and the agency erred in canceling this solicitation. The court also found that the balance of hardships favored protester, and the public interest weighed in favor of injunctive relief, and permanently enjoined the prior awardee for participating in the acquisition. Great. Thank you so much, Monica. All right. So next, we're going to talk about some COVID contracting items. Uh, On July 29th, GAO published a report titled COVID-19 Contracting Opportunities to Improve Practices to Access Prospective Vendors and Capture Lessons Learned. GAO found that agencies awarded approximately five times as many contracts to vendors without prior federal contracting experience for COVID-19 in calendar year 20, as compared to contracts awarded overall in the preceding calendar years. The report outlined pandemic-related challenges identified by contracting officials, including working with first-time contractors, operating under limited timeframes, contracting for supplies and services the agency doesn't typically buy. There were 10 recommendations in the report. There was also a similar report from the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee that had similar findings. It's notable, certainly, that this may well foreshadow um, a new era of enforcement, audits, disputes, just given how much money was spent in such a short period of time with, according to these reports, quite a few companies who did not have prior federal contracting experience. Now over to Monica for a couple of updates on new rules. Right, a number of final rules over the past couple of weeks. We wanna highlight two. The first rule amends the FAR to implement regulatory changes made by the Small Business Administration, the SBA, in its final rule published back in May 2016. SBA's final rule implements the statutory requirements of Section 1651 of the NDAA for fiscal year 2013. Section 1651 revised and standardized the limitations on subcontracting, including the non-manufacturer rule, that apply to small business concerns under FAR Part 19 procurements. Section 1651 shifts the limitations on subcontracting from the concept of a required percentage of work to be performed by a prime contractor to the concept of a limit on the percentage of the overall award amount to be spent by the prime on subcontractors. 
Significantly, Section 1651 excludes from this calculation the percentage of the award amount that the prime contractor spends on subcontracts who are similarly situated entities. This rule implements the revised and standardized limitations on subcontracting through the use of a single FAR clause for every small business program, instead of continuing to implement through multiple FAR clauses that were specific to a particular small business program. This rule also revises the FAR clause implementing the non-manufacturer rule to reflect the standardized requirements across all the small business programs. Second rule amends the FAR to implement Section 1821C of the NDAA for fiscal year 2017. The final FAR rule at 19.705-7 includes examples of a good faith effort to comply with the subcontracting plan and also examples of a failure to make a good faith effort. Failure to make a good faith effort to comply with the plan may result in assessment of liquidated damages. Additionally, the final rule amends the FAR to require that prime contractors with a commercial subcontracting plan include indirect costs in their subcontracting goals. Perfect. Well, that is enough for this edition. We will close it out with that. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have any questions about these items, I can be reached at 202-624-2807, and Monica can be reached at 202-624-2549. Thanks so much for joining us. The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast. Podcast.